Welcome into a new episode of Get Fiddles and Paradiddles. My name is Chris. And my name is John. And John, um, I feel like we we owe a good service to Atlanta sports, Georgia sports, I should say. Mm-hmm. Not Atlanta sports, Georgia sports, to just go ahead and start talking about a significant achievement in Georgia sports. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you the honors because, I, I mean, I've, oh. I've seen the video, which I'll explain here in a minute, but you need to... <laughs> You need, to talk you, about, you need to talk about what, what happened over the, the past few weeks. So um, my dreams have come true. Um, I can go and be with the Lord now. Uh, <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, my Georgia Bulldogs, they won the national championship. Boom. Uh, they beat uh, Nick Satan. They did. Alabama. Alabama. You like that? Alabama. Alabama. Crimson Not Tide. Not today, Satan. Not today, Satan. Not today. Um Chris, did you know this? Hmm. Did you know it was the night of the game? It was 41 years. Did you realize it that it was my 41st birthday? Yes. It 40, was destiny. What a, what a birthday. What a, what a, what a birthday gift. Yeah. That's it was insane. destiny. Now, uh, you know, um, I, we can spend a whole podcast talking about that, but yes, um, the worm has turned officially, yes. Chris. The Braves, the Braves got the um, ball rolling. The Braves got the ball rolling, which honestly, I kind of, I, di- I didn't want to jinx it. I, I didn't want to put it out in the world, but I kind of felt like, yeah, yeah, the world, it's, it's, it's our time. Yeah. There's a new sheriff in town. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, uh, yeah, we finally did it. Thank God. I think the most satisfying and the most rewarding thing to me is I don't have to hear any more bull jive about how we never can win the big game or haven't won since 1980. Like mm. all that has just been put to bed. Yep. Right next to your mama. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> um, that's really, and you talk, we, we talked about this as we talked about sports, you know, before we started recording like it, that, oh, what a, what a great feeling, Chris. Yeah. And we can say the same about the Braves too, man. I mean, like, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda, four or five championships in the nineties. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And to finally do to see a Braves team do what they've never been able to do, which is clutch hit and clutch pitch in key situations. Right. Yep. Same for Georgia. Right. Finish the game. Right. Don't, don't play two quarters, but play four quarters of football. And they did, man. You know, um, it didn't look pretty um, for a while, but man, yeah, what a great feeling, man! Super excited. Yeah. Um, it's nice that, that we can... were saying before we got started. It's nice to hold your head high, you know. For yes, a year and or I two. will. Yeah, I will, and I'm definitely going to, um, you know, soak it all in. You know, it was cool. My daughter got to go to the parade out in Athens, so. She got, I mean, it was just cool being able to experience that with my child, you know, mm-hmm. and like, you know, my dad was able to experience that with my eldest brother. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they were listening to the game on the radio uh, when Georgia won national championship. So like, that's like super cool, man. Like being able to, you know, my, my daughter, she started filming at the beginning of the fourth quarter and I think I should receive an academy award for the range of emotions i went through in that video <laughs> this is the video i'm referring to he sent yes. me a he sent me a little snippet when the was it when the interception was caught yeah, it was when right the interception when, when right. Ringo it, caught it, it was yeah. that play right they're driving down the field they're like you know looks like they're about to score mm-hmm. and yep. uh, that was it man yeah the rest, the rest is history yeah. it's very, it was very emotional and i started very sobbing emotional. like a like a schoolgirl i started yeah. sobbing like a child that got a nintendo for christmas man like just ah <laughs> oh, man and, and, and that was um it was just all of it man the fact that i was able to share it with my my daughter and we watched it together and like we were both drinking and cussing the same <laughs> through the whole game not her she was drinking sprite i was drinking <laughs> um <laughs> but yeah it, it 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 uh man just yeah what an awesome feeling. Yes. Um, and I think, uh, you know, finally Georgia is there. They put their stamp on college football, man. Like we're, there's a new sheriff in town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, his name's Kirby. 
And yep. he lives in Athens. And if you want a piece, um, we'll bring it to you or you can come and get some. Yeah. Come on. So, um, super, I'm just, uh, finally, man, we can just mm-hmm. put all that crap to bed. Uh, national champs, uh, I'm ready for football already. Come on, September. Yeah. Let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's go. go. Come ready on. for baseball. Yeah. Ba- uh, baseball hopefully, if there's a season. Yeah, not, I was about to say, we get on the soapbox here. Yeah, we'll fast. get on the soapbox on that. But yeah. Um, go dogs, baby. Go dogs. We're the champs. For real. Well, John, we've got a uh, an episode here that's this is dripping exciting, with Chris. It's, it's very exciting. It's an episode uh, John and I have talked about for a while because it really does directly affect us. Um, mm. As the title says, uh, did COVID kill the touring musician? In in John and my opinion, it, it did, and um, we're gonna we're gonna kind of break some things down today um, in this episode that um, that, that kind of gives us that. So if you guys will hang tight for just a bit, we'll be right back. All right, so John, as the title says, did yes. COVID still um, kill? Not still. Did COVID kill the touring musician? So, to give you give you some context. If we were asked that question, as Chris and John, our answer would yes. be yes, definitively. Mm. Oh yeah, COVID, as we know it from twenty twenty, killed the touring musician. Um, some of that is recovering, and that's great. But mm-hmm. as you can see, if you follow tours at all, I follow them pretty extensively. I've even got a couple Twitter accounts that I follow to yeah. see when tours pop up. But then in a few weeks, watch how those tours either get rescheduled or canceled. So what I yep. want to do, what John and I both really want to do is point the light at, at, at the at the musicians that we are because we're not in a Foo Fighters band we're not no. in, you know, a, tour, a big touring band like Toto or no. something like that that could overcome no. and be shielded by some of this stuff now in 2022. Right. Um, there, we're talking about the weekend warrior. We're talking about the guy that's, you know, that, that's doing it the way we do it. Um, mm-hmm. We're not in some some giant band that that, that mm-hmm. has all the shielding and protection and money and mm-hmm. all these kind of things around it. Mm-hmm. And those are the bands that you're seeing even still reschedule tours. Yep. So imagine I mean, how it, the medium slash small guy is affected. Right. And and that, I think that that's kind of where we want to uh, start is with us and mm-hmm. how it's affected us. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for Chris and myself, you know, we've obviously born and raised in Georgia. You know, our roots are deep here. Um, we've spent years and years networking, you know, establishing relationships within the music community and you know we stay busy you know mm-hmm. we stayed busy pre-pandemic right mm-hmm. either we were playing for an artist or we were getting called to sub for other artists or other musicians playing with other artists you know so um but once the the covid hit it was a uh, it was a like a just like brick wall. Yep. Instantly. Right? right. I mean, for a lack of a better word, it was just like a brick, instant brick wall. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Chris and I were constantly talking about it, you know, throughout the, I would probably say, I don't know, Chris, I, I we had a conversation. I think it was like maybe six or seven or eight months into COVID. You remember mm-hmm. when we were talking about this right now? This right now. Well, so John and I, if you guys have followed along, and I know there's there's a lot of you out there that have followed the podcast for a while, we we took we took we we made the decision to kind of take 2020 off because mm-hmm. it was such a negative and kind of dark time for the two of us and for so many many people. Um, yeah. We didn't feel like our heads were in the right spot to to push the podcast along mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and shed positive things because it was hard it was hard at that time to really find some positive things. Um, yeah, it really was, especially for me, man. I was I'm not gonna lie, like I was bitter, dude. I was yeah. real bitter. Yeah, me I was too. Really bitter and just pissed. And and yeah, we took we took 2020 off because we were we were hammered by this. Um, mm-hmm. I I had been feeling the the growing. Um, 
workload, which which is something I w- had been working towards since the beginning of 2017 and, and 2019, it was like fully realized, like basically playing every single weekend, sometimes two or three, you know, if you count church too, mm-hmm. you know, I'm playing Friday night, I'm playing Saturday night, mm-hmm. I'm doing session stuff during the week. And then I go to church mm-hmm. on Sunday. Like I'm, I'm doing it at the level I've always wanted to do it at. And then 2020 comes and it was just like all the breaks are put on. And yeah, it changed, it changed everything from our perspective. It did kill, kill us as touring musicians. And, um, it was depressing and it still is kind of depressing because it hasn't, yeah, it, it hasn't returned to, to its form and who knows it, when it will, if ever. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it really hasn't. And I think, um, just to kind of give my own kind of timeline. So 2019, um, I think by, I think by March, it was pretty obvious what was about to go down and what was about to go down was absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. as far as playing out live. Um, I had so many gigs booked. I had out of, out of, you know, fly dates. You were actually going to come with me on a couple Mm. of those fly dates. Yep. Yep. Um, you know, like I had stuff lined up, man. Like it was ready to go. Like I was, you know, um, had some big things planned and it was just gone. It was not, it was everything. It was done. It was over. Mm-hmm. Right. All these venues that I was playing out around town here in Georgia, they either went out of business or they stopped having musical acts, um, because of COVID restrictions. And, you know, this was like early on. So everybody was completely freaking the hell out about this. COVID mm-hmm. thing. I mean, I remember people like bleaching their freaking grocery bags, man. Yeah. I mean, how crazy is that? Think about that. Well, when we look I'll, back on it now, it was because there was so, so much misinformation spreading yes. so fast that you're like, well, mm-hmm. it was do all or feel like you did nothing. Yeah. Yeah. There was no, and, and that's, that's really sad that we live in supposedly the greatest country ever in our best and brightest can't get their shit together, excuse my French, mm-hmm. um, to have um, a unified, uh, logical, rational um, uh, response. headquarters mm-hmm. response. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. It, it, it was, and I, now I get it, you know, they don't call it a novel coronavirus or nothing. Like, no, right? It's new. Nobody, right. you know. Nobody, this is uncharted territory. So, you know, I give some grace in that, but like it was evident. Now it's evident early on this thing was, it was fear mongering. Mm -hmm. It was misinformation. And now the, you're seeing the ramifications of it two years later. Right. 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 And so, it's still working itself out. I mean, we're, yeah, we're and two it's still, years and it's still thing. working itself out. So anyway, circle back around 2019, like it's all like my gigs are over, man. And I'm, I'm kind of, I was kind of hitting like this season of my life. I could feel it inside, inside my bones and my soul mm-hmm. where I kind of was like, man, is this what I want to do? Like, and do I want to go out and play, you know, insert pop country song here for artist, you know, mm-hmm. Jim Bob Cooter from Vidalia, Georgia, whatever, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, is that what I is like, is that really what I want to do? Go out, play Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, scrape myself up off the floor and throw myself into church, do the church gig. Um, like, is that, is that really where, I want to like put my eggs in. Is that something, you know, and I really had to have a honest conversation with myself and I was super bitter. I was like, man, I worked so hard. Like I got to a point to where, you know, I was able to pick and choose stuff that I wanted to do for the most part within reason, you know? Um, um, but it was just something that had, there was already, you know, the, the, the spark was kind of 
stoked, if you will, that I was ready to kind of transition out of right doing the live stuff. Um, but it was my, I think it was just my pride. You know, we talked about this in an, uh, in a previous episode, man. Like I just, it's like, if I'm going to be a professional music uh, musician, like you gotta be playing live. Like that's what you do. Like that's, right. that's it. That's what you do. Yeah. And, uh, it took me, um, pretty much, I mean, that whole year, man, 2019 into 2020, uh, before I finally was able to snap myself out of it. And I just kind of had an awakening, you know, um, I had an epiphany of, okay, we need to pivot, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's basically what I did, man. Like it was just literally the bitterness and the, the why me, why me like flipped off like a switch, Mm. you know? Um, and it was all about just tunnel vision focused into pivoting into what we're doing now. Right. Right. Some of the stuff that we're doing now. And I'm sure you probably, I I know you did because we talked on the phone all the time. Like you were right, right in the same kind of existential crisis that I was in, you know? Well, like you said, you, you, you made mention to a episode we did, um, I think it's called, does the stage equal success? Um, yes, that's the one check that it out. particular episode, episode is kind of like some of the, you know, it was kind of born out of those phone conversations that we would have. Mm-hmm. Um, because you know, when, when someone asks what you do for a living and you say you're a musician, the first thing they're going to ask is who do you play for? Who you play for? Um, all the time. It was funny. I watched a recent interview with Mike Johnston, basically one of my drumming heroes. Um, and someone asked him, um, he, he was in, in a podcast. They asked him like, so when someone asks you what you do, what do you say? You know, Mike Johnston is a, is a online drum educator, like the king of that, you know? So his response was great. He said, I never tell someone I play in a band because the first thing they're going to ask me is what band I play in. And I don't play in a band. So they, the first thing they do is assume that I'm not very successful. <laughs> and we all know that he's like incredibly successful. Um, exactly, man. Exactly right. And yeah. So see, it's, it's, kind it's of felt universal. Like it, yeah. It's universal. Like it went, went around to me like, wow, if this guy is in the same boat as, 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 as an episode we talked about in. Um, but yeah, I mean, we, we had to basically pivot and figure out like what does success look like? Not only on paper, say financially, but like as a creative individual, mm-hmm. how do you, how do you find success when something like COVID comes along or any virus and all of these mandates are, are, are pressed around it, you know, to say like all these businesses have to conform to this. So if you get eliminated, you just get eliminated. There's no, there's no bias. It's just, sorry, you're done. You're out. So how mm-hmm. do you, you know, in the, in the age of COVID, if we call it that, like, how do you find creativity how do you find success well i can tell you uh in 2019 and uh, for a good bit of 2020 you weren't doing nothing Mm -hmm. you know the first glimmer now and this is i'm speaking like in the state of georgia you know the gigs and venues that are happening that are kind of just pre-pandemic were right they were just kind of the gigs and venues, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, um, if you were an up and coming artist, you like you were from South Georgia, you, like you could come up to Atlanta or you could come up to uh, insert venue in Noonan, Georgia, that place we used to play at, mm-hmm. you know, and get a gig and make, you know, make a little bit of a scratch, right? Mm-hmm. It was worth the trip. It was worth the trip. Thank you, Chris. That's exactly mm-hmm. what I'm trying to say. Like mm-hmm. you can start to develop your fan base outside of your hometown, right? Like that's, that's step one, right? Like if you're an artist is you've got to, you know, broaden your fan base, right? You got to get one, but not just in your hometown, but like, yeah, in your area. Right. Yeah. Right. You do the, do the, 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 the way they call it, the grassroots thing. The grassroots. Build Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. Look, look at you with all these great words, <laughs> but so, so there was all the, always that, um, ability for artists to do that. And I think that, um, up till 20, I think, you know, 2018, man, like 
Like it stuff was hitting, man. You yeah. know what I mean? Like you could get gigs, no problem. Yeah. I mean, even right? in 2019, even in 2019, because really the pandemic didn't start until 2020. Right? True. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm, as you're saying these things, I'm thinking like, imagine trying to do that now, you know, you and I've had the conversation that, that original bands, a, or original artists, B will not do well now. They just won't because mm-hmm. you can't go out and hustle for beans and you definitely can't expect a band to get up mm-hmm. and around you and do that because no one's going to come out and listen to that stuff. John, John blew my mind one day on a, one of our phone calls. He was like, once all this gets done, people are going to want to get out of their house on a regular basis and go listen to music that makes them happy, that brings them joy, that makes them reminisce and think about, you know, when things were great and whether that's in two years or five years or 10 years. And I was like, yeah, but what is that? And he's like the tribute band, the cover band, you know, like the bands that go out and put the work into like drawing feelings out of people. Those will be the ones that can charge money. But the guy out there, like you say, the guy from Valdosta, he, he, he ain't going to do good because nobody's going to pay to go see that. No. And they're just not. And you know, uh, Kudos to me. Yeah. <laughs> Pat myself on the back. Hey, you know <laughs> what I'm saying? Um, but no, I just, um, it was obvious, man. Like it was obvious because you had all of these, this perfect storm of, of just uh, stuff that was happening. It's basically like the big bang, right? Everything gets smoke, you know, all this matter and, and mass just gets pushed into the head of a pin and it just, phew, everything explodes, right? right? Yep. So that's what happened with COVID. So you had a big bang, you know, in the touring musician kind of scene and everything just exploded, yep. right? And you just got stuff going everywhere. And at first everything gets destroyed, which is kind of what we're still dealing with. Everything gets destroyed, right? So what you see out of that, out of the aftermath is just what I said. And I was like, look, man, you, you know, um, unless you can pack out a club and keep people, you know, drinking booze and buying bar food, you know, they're not going to pay you. Right. They're not going to pay you. Mm -mm. Um, as opposed to, I'm going to hire this journey tribute band. That's awesome. Mm Mm-hmm that just had 500 people at their last gig and they're all screaming, dancing and and drinking and having a good time. Yeah. Right. Like that's what these venues needed. They needed revenue, right? right? They needed people that could come in and drink their booze and eat their food and stay all night and mm-hmm. right. Spend all their money. Yep. That's what these venues needed. And, and, you know, Jim Bob from Valdosta just ain't going to do that. Nope. Um, so, and, and not on, on top of that, as this thing goes into 2021, Chris stuff, you, you're like, okay, well, mate, I think we're going to get back to it here. Mm-hmm. Maybe we're going to take the, 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 the training wheels off this thing and let's go back to how it used to be at shows and man, Oh man, how's that working for you? Music? Not too good. Not good. Here we are in 2022 and it's basically the same. It's basically the same thing. It's like, you've got all this nonsense about COVID. Um, I, you know, I'm not trying to diminish COVID because I know people who have gotten very sick. I've had family members that have gotten very sick, but keyword, that's all they were is sick. They got better. Right. Okay. Right. Now we're not going to get into anti-vaxxers or that's irrelevant, but I think everybody can agree that this thing was overblown by a lot. Yeah. And the fact that this thing got politicized and it got so bad that it literally has brought an industry that has tons of people that rely on this to make a living, just brought it to its knees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Brought it to its knees. I mean, brought it to a stop, Chris. I mean, like it's done. Yep. Like there's nothing for a whole year, dude, like nothing. 
I mean, what, what industry, what, like, what job, all you people out there that have normal jobs, what jobs just go away for a year and come back? Uh, right. Usually none. None. <laughs> okay. And it's, the people uh, that are usually, involved in them definitely don't come back. So now, now this is what, this is what we have left. Okay. This is what's going on. Right. You have a lot of people who are not taking responsibility for it, you know, and it's caused a, it's a trickle down effect that has just completely changed the way myself and Chris think about us as musicians. Now it's like the, you know, I can't, you know, I can't go out and make a living playing music anymore because there are just not those gigs available. Yeah. You can't pay that. Right. You know, a a musician of my caliber and your caliber. Right. Right. Cause I mean, you and I, you and I said like in order for a band, let's just say big hypothetical thing here, we're going to put a band together. We're going to go out and support this artist. We're going to charge a thousand dollars to do it. Let's just say it's $800. We're going to charge the venues 800 bucks. These venues for the last say 18 months have been used to paying somebody maybe 50 to a hundred bucks. And it's a guy with acoustic guitar, like their Mm -hmm. revenue does not match still to this day. It's, it doesn't match the ability for that kind of output in 2022. I'm not hopeful that the weekend warrior touring musician is going to be able to rebound even this year still. Mm Mm-mm. No, I mean, that's the thing, man. Like you, like these bands that are out here that are canceling tours because the, 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 uh, the, the stage hand got COVID. Mm-hmm. It's like, you're really going to cancel a tour because a stage hand or your tour manager who is, you know, I'm painting with a broad brush here, but pretty, pretty confident that whoever this person is, is probably somewhat healthy. It's they're going to recover from COVID. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just be, let's just call it what it is. You know, everybody's going to get it. And if you haven't got it, you're going to get it and you're going to get sick. And, um, there's a 99% chance that you're going to recover. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing to, to piggyback on that. The thing that I don't really understand um, is how some bands are to do are doing it successfully, and other ones aren't. And I'll give you an example. John and I are big metalheads. I think that yes. categorizing ourselves as that is is perfect. So is my brother, and my brother and I are into this uh, this Ukrainian metal band. They're called Ginger, spelled with a J. Ginger put together a tour. Keep in mind, they're from the Ukraine. They don't live in America. They yeah, put they're coming from across the pond. Yeah. Okay. And they ate like 25 or 35 stops only in America and was 100% successful. Like when they got here, I think the drummer did have COVID when they arrived and they, they may have canceled one show. They didn't cancel the tour. They canceled one show, stayed in America. People recovered. No one else got sick and they carried on. They didn't, go running, on they didn't go running back to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. They stayed here and they did it. And I could continue with some other examples of bands that have come from overseas to America and have put together successful runs, but it's the bands that are in America. And I'm just going to say this, that I feel like they're listening to the, the media so much. Oh. Oh, please they, say they it. continue to, they're, they're using, obviously the media is being, you know, it's being used as a tool mm-hmm. by the media and you start listening to the American media versus maybe media from other countries. I'm not sure if it's different. I can't speak to that, mm-hmm. but it feels to me that bands that are coming from other countries aren't as scared of this virus as we Americans are because our, our media system is making it a crippling situation. Yes. And that is, that is just it, that, burns my biscuits man mm-hmm. honestly i mean who was it i was reading about adele have you heard about this like her las vegas shows what Mm-mm. she's making all these people do <laughs> so I'm, I, I i i don't have the specifics in front of me but if memory serves correctly in order to get into her show you have to be vaccinated boosted 
you have to provide a negative test and you have to double mask, Chris. Oh my God. Not one mask, but two. Wow. And I'm just thinking, how tone deaf are you? Mm -hmm. Like, are you, you know, and all these bands that are virtue signaling, that's all it is. It's just political theater. Well, I mean, right. And, and it's a shame that these artists who are supposed to be artists and free thinkers and, mm -hmm. you know, they're getting all caught up in this mongering and this tribalistic divide that is stripping music of its essence, which is bringing people together. Yep. Right. Right. Bringing people together. Yep. In one place to be a part of a, a live performance that is most people who don't are, you know, it's, it's, it's a moment in time that's captured forever. And the people who are there at that show are the only ones that get to, it just, you're bringing people together. Long story short, Chris. Mm -hmm, okay. Mm -hmm. That's what music is supposed to do. Like that's the essence of music and it's going completely against all of that stuff. And how in the world as, as an artist, as a musician, like I get it. Okay. Let's not, you know, that doesn't mean that we should just be idiots and not use common sense and logic and reason. However, you can't live in fear, man. You've got people coming from freaking Ukraine. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. They got freaking Russia lined up on their, on their borders with tanks and guns. They don't care. They, right. they want to come over here and meddle out. Right. Yeah, right. You know, maybe like that's they got bigger is. things yeah, to exactly. worry about. Maybe, maybe COVID is such a small thing co considering some of these countries go through so much oppression anyway, you know, like, like yeah, it's, it's just else. a, it's a sad state of affairs, man. Like it I is. get it. You know, you have to treat this disease seriously because it is, it'll, you know, it's not, it's, you know, it's not to be, uh, I, I, I wouldn't want to get it. I've had it, you know, um, my wife's had it. Um, I, you know, I don't want to get it again. Um, you know, but at a certain point, Chris, you have to look yourself in the eye or look yourself in the mirror and say, you know what, if I get COVID, it's going to suck for a couple of weeks, but I'm going to get better, mm -hmm. you know, and the people who are more at risk than, you know, you or myself, um, well then they need to assess that risk in a different way that it can't be a one size fits all policy, Chris, I guess no. is what I'm trying to say. Um, and it's sad that you've got these artists and a lot of, a lot of like rock royalty. Okay. I'm not going to name any names because I don't want to no, do yeah. that, but <laughs> you've got rock. I'll just say that you've got rock and roll royalty who are out there virtue signaling in the name of, Oh, I'm trying to look out from, no, you don't give, just stop, just stop. Okay. Right. You are doing that to appease your tribe that you have associated yourself with. Yep. Either politically, socially, economically, you don't want to rock the boat. Right. right? And I just think that that has really infected its way into the upper tiers of the touring musician. But once you get down to the, you know, the, the lower tiers of the ladder, you know, which is something that Chris and I do, you know, hustling sidemen. Right. I mean, having to like, you know, lower our expectation for pay because for one, the venue is not going to pay you that. And two, there's not there. A lot of them have gone out of business. Right. You know, and at this point I said to myself, I said, self, <clears throat> do you want to spend, let's say you only had two more years of playing music, period. Let's say the almighty God comes down and he sits next to you and says, you've got two years. It's going to be the best two years of music of your life but you've got to play with Luke Bryan or playing a Luke Bryan tribute band. You'll be successful. You'll be gigging, but that's what you got to do. Mm -hmm. And I said, no, 
because I don't like that music. (laughs) I don't, you know, like that's not what I'm listening to when I'm in my truck driving to work. Right. You know, I'll listen to it when my girls are in the car because they like that crap, but I don't personally like it. Luke Bryan's great guy, nice guy. Met him, super cool guy, down to earth guy. I just don't, his music's not for me and that's okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but I made a decision that I'm not doing music for the money anymore. I think that that's where the shift inside me happened, Chris. And you can probably touch to this too. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not about the money anymore, man. It's, yeah. it's, it's about the music. It's about doing, doing it for the music. Right. Um, and I guess that's kind of a, I don't know if that reflects badly on me because I kind of lost sight of that inside the hustle and bustle of trying to make a living and all that stuff. But you do, you get jaded. Well, you get jaded, but like all of us, like we got bills to pay. And so what we do is try to connect the two dots of, well, I'm a musician. I've seen success with this if I take these gigs and I can pay my bills or I can, you know, have my principles about the music I'm going to play, which we want to do that. But then the bills come due. So we're out playing with Luke, Luke Bryan cover band. Cover band, um, right? right? Um, and yeah, I, I think what's happened and what is happening organically still is musicians like us are finding other ways to express ourselves, to be creative, to still make money. Mm-hmm. Um, whether it be through home recording, like you and I both do now, uh, mm-hmm. through podcasting, like obviously you and I both do now, yep. um, church musicians are in high yep. demand because the yep. churches didn't really bow down for too long to, to COVID or to the mandates. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very thankful for that. I know you are too, that we have absolutely know, a steady church gig that we had well before COVID ever came around. Um, but more than anything, I think it's that you have to kind of do as John did. It's kind of like look inward and be like, what do I want from this? Now that this, this is our plight mm-hmm. and we can't control how people think we can't control how people act. We can only control those things that are our own. How do, how do we want to see this going forward for ourselves? And I hope there are people out there that haven't lost the ability to see being a musician in more than just like one parameter. Like if I'm not touring, I'm not successful. I'm no longer a musician anymore. And they just gave up, you know, so many did probably. Yeah. And I think so too. And I think a lot of it, man, like you've seen a shift like to just the, the, the social norms and the culture and the pop culture, like it's all social media based, man. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, it's all TikTok, Instagram, or YouTube. Like you're going to make, you're going to bear more fruit on social media than you will at the Irish pub on, on a Saturday night. Yep. These days, you know? Um, and I think that that's where the biggest kind of, I mean, it's almost like a, um, like when you're dancing at a girl at the eighth grade homecoming dance and then the quarterback comes in and just like face plants you out of the way and I'm going to dance with this girl. Mm -hmm. That's what social media has done to live music, the live music scene. It has taken that uh, avenue of, of, of revenue and said, hey, why don't you do this from your house? Mm-hmm. You invest a little time, let it build up, and you get this residual, Chris, you get this residual income that is over and over and over, and you're in your house. You're spending the same amount of time editing the video as you would schlepping your gear to the bar, schlepping it out of the bar into your car, getting home two or three in the morning. Yep. And then it's like, oh crap, I'm starving. I'm going to get something to eat. Then it's five o'clock in the morning, right? Yep. As opposed to you can do your YouTube video or TikTok video, have it done, edited, posted, you know, handful of hours. Still having dinner with your family. And you're eating and with your family and pooping in your own toilet. And <laughs> That's big. all that stuff that, that, that makes, you know, doing that in your house. Awesome. Yeah. Why wouldn't you want to do that? Right. Well, there's, there's a, there's that kind of thing requires a, a acceptance, right? So like, this is, this mm-hmm. is where we are. So accept yeah. this also, it's like a cultural shift too, that, that was around before even, COVID and the pandemic was that you could see those things were shifting towards social media. So 
adapting to those things requires the ability to be fine with change, but then also not yeah. fear the technology side of stuff. And there's a lot of musicians, you know, and I'm sure that's like an age range thing. I worked at Apple stores. I can, I can say that. And, and whether it sounds biased or ageist or whatever you want to say, there is an age range that's scared of technology. And yes. those are the ones that I worry about too. Those musicians that are not only, uh, maybe scared of technology, but because of that fear, they're resistant so much that they're unable to shift their mindset because they're stuck in this place of like a fear yeah, thing. They're, they're, they're stuck in the bubble, man. And I, you know, like I don't want to be the aging musician at the Mexican restaurant, Chris. Right. Right. I don't want to be the, you know, I was listening to an interview of, of Pat Metheny. He was getting interviewed by Rick Beato and he had this awesome, awesome quote. He's like, you can either be the first new guy or the last old guy. Mm -hmm. Right. It's pretty so, huge right there. I mean, God, just when he said that, man, like that has such a profound, like inter like monologue stuff. I was just like, I was like, golly, that is really deep. <laughs> I mean, that's deep, man. Like mm -hmm. super deep. Like I can't even, uh, uh, that's, that's hard. But you know, as I started, started to pontificate on it, that's my big word for the day, pontificate. <laughs> um, he's totally right, man. That's exact. I mean, it's perfect. You can either be the first new guy or the last old guy. Okay. Either way, time is going to keep moving linearly. It's going to keep going, mm -hmm. right? And either you either move with it or you're going to get left behind. Yep. And, um, yeah, you, you've got to be able to um, – and listen, if you want to play live, you know, and you want to be a live player and you're a young kid, like, I, you definitely need to do that. You know, but just realize that it's going to be hard, man. It's going to be real you hard. Know, you're not, you're, you're not going to make the money you did – you know, five years ago. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like if, if you were to spend your time, like you said, if you were to spend your time building up a YouTube channel, building up a say big social media presence and you factor in TikTok and Instagram as well, and you get all these things working together, you'd be surprised. You know, you spend a year doing that versus trying to hustle in the conditions we're in now as a, as a working musician out there trying to get these gigs Put that time into a YouTube channel. I mean, this is money that's going to be residual forever. Yep. As long forever. as YouTube exists, you're going to make money off of that. But you you have forever. to do the research and understand like how that how how you eventually get to the point where you can monetize it. Right? That's for that's for a whole other conversation. But right. I personally feel that your time is is more valuable spent that way. You know, like it's just yeah, me too. And I'm just and I think you and I are in different seasons of our life to where it's like we've been there and done that. Like the thought of schlepping our gear mm -hmm. in and out of a, a venue uh, for low pay to play the same freaking yeah, you know, stuff that we'd be hired to play in the genre of music that we couldn't care less about. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it just man, that is a tough pill to swallow at this yep. point. And yep. I, I said, I'm done. I'm good. Now that doesn't mean I got a price, Chris. Okay, <laughs> I got a number. It's eight hundred and fifty dollars. It's eight hundred ninety-eight dollars <laughs> and fifty cents for one hour. Um, for one hour, <laughs> and I take a forty-five minute break. Yep. Yep. Um, but no, I mean they're, you know, um, I've talked about, you know, you and I have talked about this. I've gotten calls, man, to go out and sub a gig, and um, I gave them a number. And they hit the number, and I was like, "Golly, why did I do that? I don't want to do this. I don't. I don't need this money. I got a day job. Why am I doing this?" Yeah. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, if I don't, you know, and this goes back to another episode. You know, checking the boxes, right? The three boxes that you got to check off. To me, money is not on the box anymore. Right. the The first thing that has to be checked off is do I enjoy the music? Right. If music is first, it definitely, as we discussed on that one, it reduces, reduces a lot of things, you know, money will make yeah. you say yes to a lot of stuff. When, when, yeah. when you take money out of the equation and you're left with just music and people, 
these are things that are harder to control and yeah. normally not something that as is as sustainable as a good paying gig. Right. And I think that we are not trying to diminish the value of playing live and having mm -hmm. that experience and, you know, being in a band or being, you know, getting into a hired gun situation, you know, like, if, yeah, if, I think the thing that, that, that we're, we're both trying to be really clear about is that in the current state of the, the, the touring musician, right? If COVID has killed the touring musician, which John and I feel that it has in its current situation, your time is used better in some other way, be it social media development, home recording, podcasting, all of the above, which is what we're doing. Um, you know, that time is spent better there. That, that's I, totally I think that's, that's basically all you and I are trying to say. I'm, I'm trying to kind yeah. of, you know, sum that for, for both of us. Right. And that, 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 that is a perfect way to tie a bow around this Christmas gift that we're giving you in January <laughs> is, you know, that that's what you have to ask yourself. Um, you know, the lance, the musical landscape, at least where we're at, um, it's different, man. It's not the same. Now, you know, if you want to go to Nashville and try that whole thing, then at, listen, we've always said that, you know, go to a music Mecca. Like if you yeah. want to be a musician, that's what you need to do. Yeah. I was about right? to say, if you're going to do it, you got to put yourself in a place to where you don't mind putting a mask on for every gig that you go to and, right. and just doing it right. You're really, that's to, right. You're willing to put right. the gear in the car. You're willing to go yep. out there and hustle up and down the blocks of Broadway go do it, but, but you need to be in those big places. Cause obviously the more, the more venues, the more opportunity and, and that's what you need. Yep. Totally agree. So I think that that's basically in a nutshell, what we're trying to get convey on this episode is this is what changed with us, right? Um, it, it made us hyper aware of, of our, our time. Yeah. I was about to say right? the use of our time. Absolutely. So be, be cognizant of that and be prepared to ask yourself that really hard question of, <laughs> you got me, you got me on I'm, that I'm one. making him crack up you guys. He's making me laugh on yep. here. Um, you have to ask your, yep. you have to ask your, yourself the question of, uh, of what do you value your time at? Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. where, where are you spending um, how are you delegating your time, um, is, is going forward as a musician, as a touring musician, it, it, you gotta, is, is it worth it for you to do it? You know, and if you're a young guy and you're trying to get out there, then yeah, you got to do it. But like, if you kind of been doing it for a while and you're having those questions, like you need to probably maybe start pivoting a little bit, start yeah. building up your social media presence, mm -hmm. you know, build up, a, get a YouTube channel going because that is going to give you, you know, the, the risk reward on that is so, so much greater than the risk reward of trying to find a good paying gig. Yeah, totally you know? agree. And that, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm hoping that, a. uh, a podcast episode like this will maybe push someone who's on the brink of going like, do I want to give this up? And, it, and, and that's what it feels like. It does feel in a way like you're giving up. And I would say that for, for most of 20, 2020, when all this kind of happened to, for all of us, John and I both felt like if we give up this, this live thing, we're essentially giving up on music. You know, we're live performing mm -hmm. musicians. Mm -hmm. And I, and I'm here to tell you, like, you're not giving up. No. You're just, as John said, his word pivot, you're pivoting, you're, you're moving yep. to something else. And yes, it requires a different mindset. It requires time yep. for learning. Yep. And once you do that though, and you're still engaging with your craft, it's, it's still just as rewarding. It's just as rewarding. And you get to do it from your house or your office or your YouTube video studio, whatever. Yeah. You know, like that is, that is the wave of the future, man. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, um, it's a little concerning cause I am worried about like, just like bands being able to like make it, Yeah, you know, cause there's so much good music like that nobody knows. Nobody knows about man. Yeah. Cause it can't be put out into the, into the world, into, into the world. So, you know, bring the audience to you, right? 
Yeah. If you feel like you've got something to say and you feel like, wow, I'm really onto something, then put it on the freaking internet and it, they will find you. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. It, it, it just, it will happen. So I think that that's kind of, um, um, something that we're trying to make distinguish very clearly that this is, this is just from our perspective. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I think that so. should should definitely not be forgotten throughout the episode. That this is definitely our perspective, and just from from what we've learned, you know, like with, uh, something that John and I have, have consistently tried to do with this podcast is is just share the things that we've learned, and hopefully encourage people to just keep pressing forward, even when it's like dark and sad, and you know, at, at the end of the day, music holds us all together, and and we just have yeah. to find like where our place is in it. You know, it, it still yeah. exists; it's still there; it's not going away, even if it's being oppressed, which is what I feel like it's happening. And oh, John yes. feels like it's happening. It's definitely music. Mm-hmm. Music is under attack. The live musician is under attack. And, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, we just got to, we got to roll with it until things get better. It's like, Chris, it's like D. Snyder said, baby, we're not going to take, take it. Take it. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to uh, take it. That's nice. Yeah. Oh, that was a good right, talk, man. Chris. That was, that was good, man. That was, was good. I like it. I, and yeah, we'd like to hear if there are any of our listeners out there who are gigging musicians who kind of are having similar feelings or, or, or if, you're, if you're, if you have similar feelings or if you're having success, you know, like, we're yeah, just, I mean, we're, let's, we're, we'd love to hear about it. Like, I'd, li- I'd like to know, I would love to have some, you know, opposite end of the spectrum. Like, Hey, actually you're wrong, dude. I'm yeah. kicking ass over here. So, yeah. I mean, if we're, if we're wrong and this is like, you know, in Texas, you guys are killing it or in New York or Doppel in New York. Um, yeah. but you know, if there's, if there's somewhere where the music scene is thriving, maybe it's Austin, Texas, maybe that's where we should go. Um, yeah, for real. It's, it's booming out there, but yeah. you know, I mean, the reason why is because everybody is moving out there from yeah. all these mandated and regulated States. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I'm trying not to get political, um, but you know, it's really hard, but there's a reason why you're seeing population just exoduses yep. from coastal cities into the heartland of America. Yep. Do some but, research. We don't have to go yeah, do, do some research. Do some research. Yep. Absolutely. Well, John, I think we've, we've done our due diligence. Yeah, this is a good one, man. Good one. I feel, um, I feel like I got some some things off my chest. Good. Um, in, in in regards to this live playing, um, you know, I'm a national champion, Chris. My life is good. <laughs> my life is good. <laughs> you okay. are. We all are national champions. We, we're we're, we're Georgia champions. folk. Yeah. Uh, you know, um, everything's great here. Yeah. Uh, like I said, um, you know, if you want a piece, come and get it, or we'll bring one to you. Yeah. Don't matter. Either way. Let us know. Either way. We're ready. Either way. Well, John, let's, uh, let's, let's, let's do, you can do your part and get us out of here. We are out. <laughs>